are you? Why didn't you call? Where have you Mom! been? We were worried to death. Mom! No, Mom! Stop! People don't act like this! <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Henry, Shut you're up. not normal. She's right. What's wrong with you, Henry? What kind of person Tommy. are you? Tommy. What is the matter with you? And now, brought to you by Olive Tree Bible Software. Read, study, anywhere. www.olivetree.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined in studio, as always, by my good friend and my business partner, uh, Zachary Bartle. Zach, how are you? I'm one of them. You're, you're one of them. You're one of them. It's been a long time since we've done this, baby. It feels like it's been forever. It has been three weeks. I was on Guys Week, dude. I took my kid for a whole week on a many adventures, and we ate uh, Coney dogs from all over the state and raided them. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. We went to uh, lunch and dinner, Coney Dogs, in, in uh, the city of Detroit. And, uh, you know, it's, you're taking a chance then because you're on a train and you don't know if you're going to make it to the next <laughs> yeah, stop. Yeah, like digestively you're taking yeah. a chance is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. you're rolling the, the, the uh, digestive dice on those. As it were. Well, you're, uh, you're eating lots of, of fun things. I am not, actually, because I'm on a uh, <laughs> I'm on a, a crazy diet, which actually ties into our energy drink review for the week here. Um, <laughs> well, it helps you burn fat, it says on it. It says that it helps you burn fat. And I can see by the list of things that are not in here in uh, in this Celsius energy drink. Uh, I think this is actually like diet friendly. Like I could drink mm. this. So I'm not I'm not cheating on my diet right now. Well, vis-a-vis the diet, I've got to say, yeah. you and I spoke on the, the regular uh, like landline old school telephone that's on my yeah. desk early yeah. uh, earlier today for a particular uh, function. Reason? Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when we talked... Uh, it sounded to me like you might be dying, and I brought that up, and you said that the the issue was that maybe you weren't so much dying as you were just wasting away, and yeah. and hated everything about the fact that you're on this diet with your wife. That's exactly right. I feel like I'm dying, which I I think when they when they sort of promoted the diet, it was supposed to make you feel great, invigorated, and, probably right, invigorated and and make you feel better. Except that I feel like I'm dying. And uh, I feel like there's there's no longer really any reason to live um, now that now that I can't eat anything. So what, what can you eat? I almost asked what you can't, but it sounds like one of those diets where you where I should ask what you can eat. Yeah, dude, very few things. I can eat like uh, nuts and um, and and lettuce and vegetables and fruits. Mm. Um, you know, no corn, no flour, no sugar, no artificial sweeteners, um, no dairy, so no no cheese, no milk. <laughs> Um, dude, it's, it's, it's awful. It Why are you doing this? I'm doing it to encourage my lady, man. She wanted to do it. She asked me if I would do it with her and I, and I said, yes. And he, here's the ironic thing. Okay. Um, and, and this may be a little bit personal for our listeners, but you know what? We've been on the air for a long time and I feel like I can, I, I, I can go here with my listeners. Um, she's looking so hot. Okay. Because, okay. because. Yeah, it's working, and, and she looks really, really good, except that uh, I, I no longer have any energy like, <laughs> like to have sex with her, you know? So, so this is the great sort of evil, like, devious irony of this diet is that, you know, I, I, I think we both look... I have energy to have sex I have no energy, none. <laughs> Baby, listen to me. Ted bears all. At the end of the day, I'm... I'm I'm exhausted. I'm hangry. You don't even want to be. She doesn't want to be around me. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know what that reminds me of a little bit, Ted? What? Uh, When I went and saw um, Jack Van Impe live, uh, which, by the way, you can read my my live tweet of it on the Gut Check Army page if you're in the Gut Check Army. Uh, And he said uh, he had gotten – now, he got titanium knees, not unlike somebody else. uh, And he was talking about his wife in kind of that creepy way. Um, yes. that, that guys will talk about their wives in front of a whole crowd. Uh, that, that evangelical guys do. And yeah, I Barnabas Piper did a great article on that. Um, he did, and it was fantastic. And then you happy-ranted it a little bit, too, I think. Uh, but, but I think that that's even a whole other 
you know, ball game from when Jack Van Impe said, now that he was talking about how they, they, they click, right? His, his knees okay. click. Yeah. Now that I can catch her, she can hear me coming. That's what he said. Oh, and everyone my. sort of chuckled like, aw. And I was just like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. No, no. <laughs> that, that's, that's gross, man. That's a, <laughs> that's a gross visual. You know, I was watching, I think I texted you this. I was watching NFL preseason football like a week ago. And, you know, typical football ads include like, you know, trucks, beer and Viagra. Basically, that's your that's your genre of ads for uh, for pro sports. Uh, Strangely enough, there was a Jack Van Impey like an ad for Jack's TV show was like (laughs) wedged in between these these truck and beer ads. And I was so excited to see it. And he he looked exactly like Dr. Tim Van Shrimpy looks in my mind's eye. And, yeah, that's uh, odd. That, they have some overlap, if you think about it, really. They do. They really do. They really now, do. Now, Ted, was it like a standard, just basic ad for it, or did they try and soup it up, like, like, like make it like a Bob Seger theme song and try and kind of <laughs> give it the NFL kind of edge? No, there, there was no NFL edge to it. It was a very standard Jackman MP type ad in that it looked like it was made in the 90s. Um, <laughs> and it, it had lots of, like, quote unquote effects, but they were effects that would have been sort of new and interesting in the 90s um you can see so, like somebody in like a a sad like christian college like editing bay like pressing the button that made the thing happen yes exactly <laughs> yeah th- this got this got cut together in a sad christian college for sure um <laughs> and for the record i do not teach at a sad christian college I, I i teach at a not sad one but there but there are plenty of sad ones well at cornerstone where i went wasn't sad but the little room where they did the video editing was kind of a sad thing at the time i'm sure they've you know they're they're flush with money now but back then it was kind of like it was it was the the c minus version of everything in a very actually regarding cornerstone i can i I can speak to that definitively some donor and i i don't i'm not being coy i don't know somebody yes van something right so uh some some dutchman rained like you know bazillions of dollars onto their comm department to create like a film wing this was like you know, five or six years ago when everybody thought that we were going to, like, redeem the culture through films. You know what I right, mean? Right. And, and, like, nerds were, like, white-papering about it. And, uh, and God rich is people not dead were, nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rich people were, like, opening their checkbooks about it. So yeah. it, it was in that era. And this guy bought a bunch of sweet equipment for Cornerstone. So that room is no longer sad. I can, nice. I can say that with all certainty. That's good to know. That's good to know. You know, yeah. you sound like you're coming. You're, you're pepping up a little bit. Maybe it would help. Even more if you if you had some Celsius in you. Yes, I I feel like it would help if I had Celsius. So Zach, uh, let me set up this bit. If you're new to the program, welcome. Um, what we do here on the Gut Check Podcast, one of the many things that we do uh, on this important hour of radio, uh, we review energy drinks. And Zach, you and I took a trip to a hipster grocery store uh, in your metro area. We uh, <laughs> we left there with caddies full of of new and interesting energy drinks that hadn't yet been reviewed. And this one is called Celsius. Um, and if you would, Zach, describe the can a little bit for us. I'm going to read some copy. This is copy heavy, so there's a lot of copy to get through. But um, talk about the can and kind of what you're seeing. You know, I don't even know how to even uh, classify this. It's it's okay. unusual. It's it's not. It doesn't have any particular ethos, you know. Like, it doesn't make me think of the, the uh, gross, like... Uh, rides at a, a county fair and all the the it, yeah it doesn't have the scummy teenage boy ethos either that you usually get from energy drinks it doesn't have it doesn't have what i, I already drank ted and a little aside at lunch yeah. i had a i don't know how to pronounce this it's xy science oh. science so, yeah. and, X- and science this is mm-hmm. one that i had because uh it's one of the ones that we bought at that that hipster grocery store that 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 today you disclosed that you quote unquote got thirsty uh the next week and and drank a couple um well i was at rogue. camp i was a i was a speaker at a high school camp and and they didn't have like a little px there or anything yeah this or this a, particular camp had two drink options uh water and like uh box mixed lemonade and um so I, I yeah I rated our energy drink stash a little bit just to get myself through the week. I'm a little disappointed in you. I mean just a, t- a touch, a touch. I could tell. I could, I, I could tell from from our text dialogue about that that there was <laughs> there was some disappointment, some judgment. <laughs> what did you think of science? Do you I, remember? Oh well, I put I put my own needs before those of the show is what I did, <laughs> and 
and I apologize. Hey, I'm letting I, you off. You don't need to apologize. I liked the the exiance, and and I have to I have to come clean here. I had had that before. Oh, um, I used to teach at a sad community college. It uh-huh. was quantifiably sad. I know the one you mean. Yeah, there was in fact nothing not sad about it. And um, <laughs> one of my first semesters there, I had a I had a kid in my English 100 class, and he was like a cage fighter, right? Um, because in, in lots of sad sort of white Midwestern towns, like, you know, lots of kids under the age of 25 fancy themselves like cage fighters. Um, somehow, some way he had like a sponsorship or some kind of connection with Exiance, which was, uh, fairly new back then. And he brought me like a case of them. So I oh. had a bunch of, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. It was really, really, really sweet. And it definitely had some artificial sweetener in it. So you wouldn't be able to drink it this week anyway. Yeah, but so Celsius, th- this can, Zach, to me, looks fairly like Olympian, right? We've just come out of, like, the Olympics. This looks like a like a logo mock-up that you would get if, like, your your city was trying to, like, secure the bid for the Olympics. This would you be one of them that didn't get voted the, the yeah. final version. But, yeah, I, I can so see like that. If, if the, la- uh, the greater Lansing area threw its, like, proverbial hat into the ring to get the Olympics <laughs> and... And some local Lansing graphic designer came up with a, a, a few sketches. It would look like this can, right? Okay, that's that's so a, sort spot of a on. sweeping, a sweeping flame, like the Olympic flame. Now let me let me run down the list of everything that's not in Celsius. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, no sugar, no high fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives, no artificial colors or flavors, very low sodium. Uh, vitamin enriched, gluten free, and this this is the last one is curious to me. <laughs> Vegan accepted. <laughs> so, so that I, in my mind's eye, I see like slouchy, skinny, wan <laughs> groups of vegans with their arms crossed, sort of begrudgingly accepting Celsius. Is that fine. what you see? Leave it on my porch. Fine. Yeah. Fine with your your. <laughs> Busy beverage. Not like even <laughs> vegan approved, but they accepted it. They were like, fine, yeah. we'll make an exception. Now, <laughs> and, and get a load of this creative copy. This is my favorite line. <laughs> this might be my favorite line of, of copy on the whole can. Uh, this is beneath where it says Celsius, obviously the name. Um, and then it says, tastes great. <laughs> just, just tastes great. I don't see that. That's not on mine. What? No, I have the uh, sparkling cola. What have you got? Oh no, I, I do I see it. I do see it. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vitamin rich tastes great. I do see it. Yeah, yeah. Vitamin rich and and, and just tastes great. <laughs> that's that's something. There's something like simple and and kind of um, quaint about that. You know, like like Wait, there was a time when you could sell yeah. Coca Cola with the words "tastes great." You know. Yeah, exactly. Like this is just what it is. We think it tastes great. We hope you agree. Um, well, it better deliver then because they haven't been lately. They haven't been delivering. They've been bad, haven't they? Yeah. So beneath where it says "tastes great," there are little stick men, <laughs> little guys, <laughs> little guys, and, and and they're active little guys because what they're doing is from left to right, they're riding a bicycle, uh-huh. and then another guy's walking, then another guy's is walking on a treadmill, <laughs> and another guy's walking his dog, and then the last little stick man is playing tennis. Or badminton. Or badminton, any kind of racketed sport. Or possibly ping so pong, this, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is a drink for uh, for active people, and, and in fact it says your ultimate fitness partner. Your ultimate fitness partner. It seems to me it that, it's, that this, it's kind of the drink for the semi-active kind of older person, right? Like, hey, I still get out there and walk the dog and occasionally, I you still know. still get out there and walk the dog and <laughs> hit the. Get on the treadmill, hit the tennis hit ball the, against the garage door once in a while. <laughs> Hit the, hit the badminton shuttlecock around once in a while. Right? <laughs> the ultimate fitness partner. It makes me sad to think that like a person couldn't find an actual fitness partner and they had to settle for a can of, of, <laughs> of drink. Because you know it's what I mean? gone and then it's, you know, it's, it's, it turns to urine and you expel it and then it's no longer your partner. You know? So you have to – it's, right. it's very expensive. to an actual fitness partner who like texts you on the phone and then you and you make a time for working out. Right. And then maybe you like give you a little encouraging banter. Uh, and kind of make you feel good about yourself and the kind of work that you're doing, dude. Uh, yeah, where it says your ultimate fitness partner, there's a little like uh, asterisk, and then when you look down at it, it says Celsius alone does not produce weight loss in the absence of a healthy diet and 
moderate exercise, which is exactly what they <laughs> picture here. Like a guy walking his dog. <laughs> it's very moderate, this oh, exercise. No. Dude, read the rest and of it, it. Read the rest of it. And then it mentions walking the dog. It says, <laughs> so whether you walk the dog or work out at the gym make Celsius part of your daily regimen. What is this preoccupation so, with dog walking that this company has? Dude, they're obsessed with dog walking. <laughs> these people. Zach, I think it's time to uh, to open the drink and get a nose. Are you ready? I'm ready. And here, let me make a prediction. Energy yeah. drink cola is usually very metallic, uh, which is yes. what Jolt Cola tastes like, and I'm really hoping for that. Something that's like, you could have sucked this out of a battery. you know. And so yeah. if it's not yeah, that, I'm going to be disappointed. Okay, here we go. It's probably going to be that. That's the sound. Smells like Coca-Cola, man. No, no. There's a little cinnamon to it. I'm getting Coca-Cola on on the nose. You know what it smells like to me? It smells like Coca-Cola that, uh, like on a a youth group trip to Florida, like it's been sitting out in the heat for a long time. (laughs) Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the hot Coca-Cola. Or or like when you're returning cans. Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah, the can return smell. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, are we ready to take a sip? Let's Zach? do it. Okay. Uh, well, once again, I don't know that it earned the sparkling and the sparkling cola because for the second time in a row, it's not really very, you know, fizzy. Fizzy. Yeah. The the, yeah. the carbonation is is very tepid and 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 weak. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, although I have to, I have to say. Top to bottom, and maybe this is framed in the context of how bad the last few have been. Um, I could see my, I could envision myself drinking this entire can. Oh, I'm going to drink the whole thing too. And and, and yeah. for you, Chad, the context is you've eaten like a, a, a seed from a cucumber and a leaf of lettuce today, and so anything That's... you might take into your body is yeah. a real treat. I would think. I feel like I'm going to blow over in a stiff breeze, and this this I feel like will give me some life. You know. <laughs> Can I tell a, a quick story about my diet? Dude, of course. We were uh, we were eating out after church last Sunday, and we went to uh, a Mexican place, and I ordered just like dry like a, a dry pile of rice with chicken on it, right? Like this is all I could eat, and I and I was so sad. I couldn't have the chips. I couldn't have you know uh, any of the of the good stuff that you normally get. So the waitress comes out, and she's like, "Oh, sir, I'm so so sorry. I accidentally put queso on your." On your chicken and rice. Oh, no. And, and I, I, dude, I took it and I ate a bite and I felt like, you remember that scene at the end of Back to the Future where Marty is like laying down on the stage playing the guitar and he's about to die? Yeah, he can see through his hand. Yes. And then, uh, and then Marty McFly, uh, uh, or uh, George McFly kisses Marty's mother and, and he, he bolts he upright and he starts playing life. Earth Angel again. Yeah. Zach, that's how I felt when I had queso. <laughs> I felt like me again. I felt like myself, you know? <laughs> the metaphorical George McFly had, had yes. planted one on your mother and you were, you were back in existence. Yes. I, I sprang to life. I felt like I could punch Biff. Biff Tannen. <laughs> so how long is this going to go on? I mean. Uh, KK informed me this morning that we have some, like, some weeks left in the cleanse. So <laughs> the after cleanse. The, no, there's there's phases in this. There's phases. So after the cleanse, then you start reintroducing things into your diet. So like we can we can ease in on the on the dairy or you know the corn or the soy or whatever. So you're never supposed to eat soy actually. So um, we we could start phasing some other things in, and then you see how your body reacts to it. Now my wife tried to get me in on one of these things years ago. More than yeah. 10 years ago, because we still lived in, in Grand Rapids. And sure. uh, the first day was you don't eat anything. Like, there was a cleanse portion yeah. as well. And it's, it sounds yeah. similar to what you're doing. And uh, she kicked me off the diet because she, I was such a jerk when I yes. wasn't eating anything. I was just angry all the time. And she was like, no, you're not, you're not welcome in the diet anymore. See, that's exactly how I feel. I, I think subconsciously I was trying to get kicked out of the diet. <laughs> But I couldn't even do that well. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, how many pounds are you down, dude? Dude, I'm down almost 10 pounds, man. That's good. That's how, yeah. In how long? Uh, in like two and a half weeks. That's borderline unhealthy, but good for you, man. Yeah, I mean, and I and make no mistake about it, I feel terrible. <laughs> I, I feel absolutely terrible, and I, and I rue the day that I started this diet. But I have lost 10 pounds. Well, Ted, you may be down uh, on, in pounds and in and, and, you know, kind of the way you feel, but you are up. In Facebook followers, 
Baby, that is an amazing radio segue. Thank Nicely you. done. Well, and I'm a thank you. Thank you for the good news. So talk to me about what's ha- what's been happening on my Facebook page. Now, if people don't know, I manage Ted's Facebook page like I'm I'm like, you know, you remember those old um SNL things where David Spade was like, I guess Patrick Swayze's receptionist <laughs> or Dick Clark or somebody, I don't know. There was somebody back there and yeah. he had the thing. That's what I am for Ted. Um, you know, I kind of handle the the hoy polloi for him, so he doesn't have to get his hands dirty. Did you did you get uh, a message from uh, one Shelly Beach? By the way, no, I didn't get anything from Shelly. Really Beach. wants to touch base with you, and so I just gave her your email. So that's the kind of thing I do for Ted. What does she want to touch base about? Not a clue. She didn't yeah. mention that, so uh, I didn't want to get in the middle of anything. I just I put my headset on every morning, and I do what's expected of me. You put your headset on, you answer the phones at, at Ted Cluck uh, Enterprises. And, and you are... Yeah. <laughs> and he would know you because... But uh, the good news was that you have crested... Uh, you, you've No, scratch that. You've breasted the tape of okay. the uh, 1,000 <laughs> followers or fans uh, threshold wow. there. And you are on the other side of that, uh, which is huge. very good news. That's a really good feeling. And even though I have no energy and I have no calories in my body and, and <laughs> kind of no reason to live anymore without like food and sex, I, I, I'm innervated by this news and I'm, I'm emboldened by it and I'm encouraged to keep living. <laughs> at least one more day, right? One more the, day. You are at 1,003. You're up five this oh. week. I think what happened was you moved to a new town and met a bunch of new people, and you got a huge influx. and And now it's had a, a it's kind of a, a pretty steady. I don't I don't even want to say trickle. A pretty steady yeah. uh, stream of of people mm. coming in, mm. uh, seven seven to ten a week or so. Uh, so good for you. I'm a little bit uh, covetous because I don't have quite four hundred. Uh, exactly. On my Facebook, although I haven't had it nearly as long as you've had your author page, uh, yeah. but maybe now that uh, Ted's uh, at one thousand, you you gut check army people could like me. Like yeah, I implore well, you to like me. Here's what we need to do. Uh, I need every every one of those thousand, and I'm sure they're all listening. Um, I need them to go to to Facebook and uh, and go to Z- uh, Zachary Bartles, author Zachary Bartles, and uh, and like that page as well. Oh, that's good of you to say. And, because, and every once in a while, it says that on your Facebook page, oddly enough, you know? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's fine. Do whatever you need to do. With I that also thing. was selling some Pampered Chef on there a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, some essential oils. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But uh, here's the thing. Now, th- this is going to get a little bit raw for me because I promised one of these people yeah. the uh, the last 175 to like you that one of them would win something. Yeah. But I'm I'm already behind in that the people who won like three months ago the uh, <laughs> the other contest the two people who won still haven't uh, gotten their stuff yet. Okay. Um. And and these get Ted on Twitter uh, handle is going well, but a couple of people have started also hashtagging things. Get Zach on USPS. Oh boy! <laughs> wow. That hits that hits close to home. And you know what? That's you know what? That's oddly reminiscent of Zach. What's that? it's a how to say this how to say it delicately it's it's a relationship uh that we have with another corporate entity oh uh which has promised us some things careful ted uh, if you if you compare me to to these people it might no, be a breach in our friendship i know I, I it really would be so i'm i'm going to tread lightly on this okay i'm going to pick my words very carefully but this particular this entity <laughs> has has promised us lots of things Lavish things, uh, excessive things, and we we haven't received any of those things, Zach. Um, I don't say their name because you're giving them free uh, publicity when you do that. Even even I, if you complain about them, I'm not saying their name anymore because they've they've died to me. Okay? <laughs> They're dead to me. This company. You know who's not dead to me? Who? Olive Tree. Oh, dude, Olive Tree has been uh, has been nothing short of. Of fantastic dude, I swear to gosh, and this is not a, a this could be a plug because they're our sponsor, but uh, dude, I use that app, I use it every morning, and I love it. Um, not to one up you, yeah, but I have literally used Olive Tree every day for more than 
13 years. Wow. That, w- That's w- I mean, th- Other than like your toothbrush, I mean, w- w- maybe Colgate, what other brand mm-hmm. name can you say you've done that with? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So uh, this is a great product. If you haven't done so already, uh, go to uh, olivetree.com. Is it Olive Tree or Olive Tree Bible? Olivetree.com. I don't want. I don't want to mess it up. It's OliveTree.com. Um, avail yourself to their products. Um, you know what they did? I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you, and I don't mean to. I think that there's a, a gap, and then I start talking, and you're talking, and I uh, go ahead. It's because I'm pausing. I'm pausing too. It's because you can't think. You don't have the brain power because of the uh, the lack of of protein. Dude, I can't think. I, I I could barely sit here at my desk. I'm all <laughs> slumped over. I wish I wish you could see me. <laughs> well, I was gonna say. Um, that uh, I don't know what I was. Oh yeah, you know what Olive Tree did for me? They uh, they saw my setup where I had uh, all the devices and stuff, and uh, yeah. our boy Andrew over there sent me a uh, mug, Olive Tree coffee mug. Are you serious? I tell you what, that kid is. Uh, he's good Heck people, yeah. man. He's yeah, yeah. Yeah, we. You know okay. what? Uh, we we love Olive Tree, and you need to get over there and and download that app, free app, and then you can. Cart, I almost said carte blanche. Uh, you can uh, a la carte. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, a la carte. A la carte blanche. A la carte blanche. The uh, all the different things you want. You can get Ted Clock books for the Olive Tree app. That's a fact. Do it. Multiples. Yeah, do it, man. I would encourage you to get Ted Clock books for the Olive Tree app, baby. Listen, um, that that reminded me. What you were saying there reminded me. Um, it's been a little while since we've talked, and you mentioned your uh, your setup. And I wondered if um, how how your lashing life is going. Uh, have you has there been any new lashing in your life since we last? You know, spoke? I've taken all the the lashing energy and I've kind of refocused it on uh, the the smoke room. Uh, for the moment, my yeah. my uh, lovely wife Erin and I have been just building that room up. And I've sent you some pics. You saw that we've got the. Uh, I'll put some up on the the thing today too. And by the way, I finally put up the senior pictures. I can't believe I didn't do that before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, people were clamoring yeah, for those. Or, or mentioning, huh? They're not there. And then that's it. But, yeah, but clamoring. Exactly. Um, but uh, we. <laughs> well, I'll put up some of this and I'll, and I'll tweet them too because they're the money. We've got uh, not only the the sweet like faux leather chairs. We've got the uh, aim style chair, which is the the kind of uh-huh. mid century like holy grail of of guy room furniture. Um, yeah, absolutely. We got the custom, and this was my my uh, wife's idea, which I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I married you. We got the uh, uh, engraved, cu- customized uh, floor mat that says Nakatomi Smoke yeah. or Nakatomi Cigar Room on it. Baby, now, where do you get a custom mat like that? Well, I just Googled uh, uh, custom floor mats, and, and there was a few different options. This one's got kind of a, I don't know if you thought so, but I thought it had a very classy, kind of timeless look to it. Yeah, it looks great, man. It's a beautiful floor mat. And then my my uh, and then the phone situation in there is now an old uh, black heavy old school rotary dial phone, like the kind you gave me. Yeah, yeah. And and in the middle, instead of you know where the phone number would be, there was a, like the the logo of um, the the store she bought it at. My my wife bought it at, and, and so Aaron took. A picture of Winston Churchill smoking a cigar and put that in in the middle of the dialer instead. Oh, unbelievable, baby! Yeah, it's getting money as heck. And, and we put in two of those fans. You know, like um, when you were in college and you couldn't afford an air conditioner, so you bought a fan yeah. that goes in the window and looks like an air conditioner. Yeah, yeah. We bought a couple of those, and we have them like so they blow the air out, and then yeah. a window unit brings air in, uh, air conditioner brings air in, and so you get that exchange, and you and and there's yeah. not a whole ton of smoke sitting in there. It is it is wonderful, man. So the lashing has been. I did clean out my briefcase and, and kind of relash a bunch of things, which feels yeah. good, you know, freshen yeah. up the lashes. But yeah, um, mostly I've been I've been pouring that that uh, energy into the smoke room. Baby, that's great to hear, man. I'm so excited to hear that, and I will be uh, I will be up your way again, not uh, in not too uh, the too terribly distant future, uh, shooting my movie Silverdome. So uh, I will need to make time to get over to the uh, the Nakatomi Smoking Lounge and uh, enjoy all those things in person. I can't wait, baby. Dude, are you going to talk a little bit about why you're going to be up here? Because I think it's insanely exciting. It is insanely exciting. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a part of a group that's making a movie. Uh, it's a screenplay that I wrote a few years ago called Silverdome. Uh, we're shooting in the old Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit. If you haven't done so already, 
uh, Google image Pontiac Silverdome. Uh, it's incredibly beautiful and haunting and, and just, uh, the perfect setting, the perfect, beautiful setting to make a movie. So, um, it's a feature length film. It's going to be a SAG project. Um, we've got it's some a feature length film. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a two hour movie, man. It's the, the really real what? Yeah. 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 The, so this isn't, this isn't the, the script that I read then you must've fleshed this out. I did. Yeah. It was originally going to be a short and then, uh, a couple of years what? ago, I fleshed it out. I made it a, a, a full length there because I, I've I never thought, seen this. Are, we, are you going to send this to me so I can read it? I can, baby. I can do that if you're interested. So, uh, holy cow! I, this I did not know this. So, this is going to make the rounds of like the the different festivals and stuff. Maybe we hope so, man. That's the idea. So, the idea is um, awesome. It's an independent production, but we've got uh, we've got some great people involved. We've got a film crew from uh, from Bravo TV, a bunch of guys that have done stuff for Bravo. Um, we've got some various. Uh, veterans from the NFL guys who played in the NFL who are doing some of the financing and uh some some good actors involved so uh yeah I'm really really stoked man the the, the thing about the the actors is about 3 or 4 years ago I, I we talk about this fairly regularly I yeah. I kind of determined that uh instead of being the guy who sees like every movie cuz you know you can't do that yeah. Uh, and they were less and less, you can't do that when you have kids and they yeah. were less and less worth seeing. Like I, there aren't that many notable movies. I yeah. became kind of the connoisseur of the new, very cinematic, uh, arty television program. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and, and I'm re- I kind of live and breathe some of these shows and yeah. you've got people from multiple TV shows, this kind of new breed of, uh, you know, for, for young guys right now, TV is the new cinema. And yeah. you've got people on this movie from uh, at least three different shows that I'm kind of semi-obsessed with. And the yeah. fact that I might be able to kind of get, ride your coattails into this set one day and shake a couple of these people's hands is uh, very cool. Absolutely, man. You you will be more than welcome on set. Nice. Uh, I would love to have you come and uh, and shake people's hands and be a part of it because uh, yeah, it is going to be exciting and. Uh, and these people that you're uh, that you're mentioning are very cool, and we're uh, we're extremely grateful to have them uh, be a part of the a part of the the movie. And um, it's kind of exhausting making a movie. Like there there's so many, you know, it involves like starting a, a company and and you know all kinds of paperwork, and it's crazy. But uh, but it's going to be worth it. I'm really stoked. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's going to be called Silverdome, and um, it'll be really cool. I'm sure we'll tell you more about it as we. Uh, as we move through the process, but yeah, in about a month or so, uh, actually, like a month from yesterday, we start uh, we start shooting. So, um, and this is going to be the last thing that happens before this building comes down, right? Like between the, the crappy last uh, Transformers movie that they're filming in there, you're going to come in and film, and then that, that's the end of it. That's the end of it, supposedly, and and that's been said before about the Silverdome, but uh, but I, I think it's really true in this case. So that's the that's the latest uh, word on the street about it. So. Um, so yeah, hopefully we make a, a beautiful movie and, um, beautiful baby movie, a beautiful baby movie. And, uh, and then we'll be out of there. So dude, I yeah. am thrown by the fact that this is a full length feature. How long has that been the case? I did not know this. Baby, I could have swore. I told you that that's been the case for about the last two years, man. I remember um, there was someone else who wanted to take that and like kind of force you to give it to them the shorter version. So, so he could turn it into a full length feature. That was the last I had heard. Yeah, that's right. He wanted to turn it into a full-length feature, uh, and and I actually saw some of the pages that he wrote. I didn't like the way that uh, the way that it was going, so I didn't sell it to him. But um, but yeah, uh, so here we are, man. Um, and it's it's crazy. And and our thinking was like, if we get into the Silverdome, so the the whole thing kind of hinged on like getting access to that space to shoot in because it's so beautiful and it's such a, a huge pivotal part of the story. So. Uh, our thinking was always if we get into the Silverdome, like we have to do a, a, a feature film, like we have to do the real thing um, because nobody really watches shorts. I mean, short films are, are they're all well and good. But, um, you know, the the guy who's playing the the lead role and, and myself, I mean, we really wanted to, you know, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. We're going to go big. So awesome. Yeah. So that was our, our thinking. And uh, and here we are, man. Now, do you know what is happening in the Silver Dome? And you probably don't. Why the Marky Mark Transformers movie is filming inside of that area? I mean, what? what could I be... don't know. They're yeah, not going to was... blow it up for their their plot, are they? Like, like Optimus no, and Prime. I, I like... know for sure that they didn't blow it up because I've been inside of it since they were there. So, oh, that's over now. Um, I thought that yeah, was in that's the process. Over. They they shot, I think, for a couple of weeks, and then uh, and then we we got inside to look around. So. Um, 
so yeah, and every everything is is as it should be in there. Now, how uh, many seats are you taking home? As many as I can possibly fit into my vehicle, man. Dude, you uh, and and your boys sitting in Silverdome seats watching football at home. I know, right? I know it. It's a dream. <laughs> it's definitely awesome. a dream. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was so cool, man. All kidding aside, like it was incredibly satisfying for me as a as a pro football historian and fan just to to have free reign to walk around in there for a couple hours, man. I mean, it was truly like walking around in NFL history. I mean, there were just things to see in there. The turf was still there, the seats, the the empty stadium, which was so quiet. I mean, so eerily quiet. You're used to being in those settings where there's where there's noise and people. A lot of energy and a million people. A lot of energy. Uh And, you know, just to be in there where it was so, so very, very quiet. And, you know, it's just going to be an amazing place to make a movie. And um, and it was an amazing place for me just as a a pro football guy to walk around and uh, and kind of, you know, bask in, in all that football history. That's awesome. Hey, can I can I change the subject drastically and ask Absolutely. you about something else? Please do. Um, I, I brought up your Facebook page to see how many you had, how many followers, and yeah. I see that uh, I got the happy rant working again. By the way, the syndication on that keeps pooping out, but I got it working oh, again, and I good. haven't yet listened to this newest one, number one hundred. Yes, um, because you guys do it every single week, and so you keep getting further and further ahead of, of you and I. Um, numerically, don't um, think of it that way, though. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's quality, not quantity. Quality, not mind. quantity. Absolutely. But uh, <laughs> happy rent number one hundred says a special guest. I'm I'm sure that that's Stephen L. Trogi, and I've heard about yeah. that. And and my thought was that that had the potential to be uh, a real awkward time, and I was hoping yeah. it would be very awkward. And I wonder yeah. if I'm going to be disappointed or if if it's going to fulfill that expectation. Well, I'm going to talk about that a little bit, and I'm going to talk about it in such a way that that hopefully won't ruin the surprise for you. But <laughs> I'll <laughs> I'll say this: being that Stephen Altrogi was involved at all, it it delivers a certain level of awkwardness, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> awkwardness just sort of comes with the territory with uh, with Trogue. That's a little bit sort of mean. It, it, it yeah, I guess it is, man. <laughs> I I think this diet has sort of. I'm so hangry that it's taken away my filter. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm no longer the kind of person who can sort of – I can't measure my words anymore. I'm just out with it. But, you know uh, what? Go ahead and rip El Trogues. You know what happened with El Trogues and me? What happened? You guys were – dude, Trogues is a – he's a collector of people, man. He's 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 roamed about to and far through my whole <laughs> roster of friends <laughs> trying to engage people on various projects. Well, he was uh, this book that you and I had put out as a. Oh, I should tell you about this because uh, yeah. it involves you. This book that you and I had put out uh, the the prop uh, to a couple of just a very small number of of uh, yeah. publishers that we thought might be yeah. a good fit. Uh, then we decided, you know, not to pursue it because we didn't want to go with someone who wouldn't get it. Um, yeah. And then I kind of uh, went back to an a earlier version I had that was just kind of a, a little more basic of a of a book, yeah. and I was going to throw it at the Blazing Center each chapter. I'd come out with it, sure, and throw it there, and it would go up, and it would kind of slowly build the book, and then we'd put it out as an ebook. Yeah. Well, I I went through this period of time where I didn't write anything. Like I was really depressed about all this stuff, and I didn't write anything at all. Yeah. Except for the Rapture sequel, I was writing that. Good. And um. So I finally come come out of this uh, complacent Punk. stupor, yeah. and I, I I send him the next chapter for this book, and he just basically says it's been too long. Nobody would go back and read chapter one. Sorry, but I'm not doing it. We're just it's, it's dead. It's dying. Yeah. So basically, I tried to give this book away that we couldn't sell. <laughs> we literally and, couldn't and give I, it away, and I failed. I couldn't give it away. <laughs> And then, and then a week later, this guy's blowing up my phone like, "You got any uh, articles for me? You got anything?" I, I'm like, "Dude, yeah, I sent yeah. you. I got a whole book for you, <laughs> but you don't want it. But so, you don't want." But but yeah. uh, I told him, you know, it, it was it was actually fortuitous because right at that same time, pretty much, uh, there was a another publisher who. Uh, this this made me feel good, and, and and you know it was one of these things where you you know like the secret you throw out the the positive energy to the universe, and the universe yeah. sends you the positive vibes back. Because uh, mm-hmm. right when I started writing again and kind of picking up, you know, and 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 no longer just sort of sitting in my underwear, literarily speaking, you yeah, know, on the literary on the couch, underwear, my, yeah. 
<laughs> I, um, th- there was a, a publisher who looked over the list of authors that, that uh, the literary agency I'm with uh, uh, agents and said, yep. uh, there's five that we'd like to see projects from. And I was one of them. Nice. And so I told my agent, uh, and I, she was supposed to copy your, your guy too, um, yeah. go ahead and send this me and Ted book to them because I think that would yeah. be a good fit and I hadn't thought of them. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, – hopefully you're still on board if, if somebody wants to cut us a check and, and have us write that thing. Oh, um, baby. I'm, I'm fine, man. I'm just a, a twig on the shoulders of a mighty river. So, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But but Trogues didn't know that when he when he killed the thing mercilessly. Um, Dude, so. yeah, Trogues is a he is a, a he's a complicated individual, man. And and far be it for me to know the you know the mind of Trogues. But um, but yeah, there 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 tends to be here's the arc: a lot of enthusiasm initially, and then kind of uh, radio silence um, <laughs> to to follow. <laughs> that, t- that tends to sort of be the arc, but uh, but yeah, man, Trogues. It, it's weird. Like, yeah, I, I have to ask KK periodically, my wife. Like, like, do you have any projects in the work with in the works with Trogues? I feel like she's the only one of <laughs> the only one of the people that I love in this world who haven't been engaged on a on a on a side gig with Trogues. Are you making cupcakes for him or something? Yeah, are you moment? making cupcakes for a, a coffee shop that Trogues is part owner of? You know. <laughs> I have to ask my dad periodically what, what, what he's got going with Trogues. But Dude, your, uh, your wife ever going to write the follow up to to her gut check smash hit? Man, I don't know. And, and speaking of cupcakes, she's doing a, a brisk kind of muffin and scone business here on campus. Man, she does nice. all the all the all the baking for our two hipster coffee shops here on campus. And um, yeah, she's she's a popular lady here in in West Tennessee. She's so doing, she's making a bunch of scones and cupcakes and 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 blueberry muffins, but she can't eat any of them. Right, right now, as of right now, neither of us can eat any. I could not do that. I couldn't be around them, you know? Zach, it's miserable. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've been clear about that on the, here on the program, about my diet and how I feel and how it makes me feel, but it's 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 miserable. <laughs> hey, I feel like I've kind of usurped your role, so I'm just going to keep running with it as, as, as kind of the main guy that keeps Go things I'm, going along. Listen, um, I'm weak. I'm in a weakened state. So you can you can sort of metaphorically pick me up and carry me on your on your your back here. I want to uh, I want to read a email that we got from one guy mm-hmm. because I like this email. This Good. is from da- David Hanchet or Hanchet. I'm not sure which. And this is a little old. And you yeah. can tell because whenever we read an email, it always references like something from like three months earlier. Uh, <laughs> these things just sit. So email us and then keep listening. Um, yeah. It says, last week's app might have been the best so far, but this week's intro is head and shoulders above the rest. You mocking Ted and him stopping to chastise you was the funny ex- funniest exchange since the soda machine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the soda machine thing is the gold standard. It's a yardstick Dude, that's for huge. Funny. A lot of people reference that, man. People love that bit. Remember what I came up with? The alternate soda machine that would be called the Soda Licious? Soda Licious? <laughs> yes, I do. I know. Gonna, Side projects. Maybe Trogues can partner with you. <laughs> he'd be really geeked about it. We would get yeah. production going and then he Send would just. Send a couple emails about it and then forget about it completely. <laughs> and then he goes on By the way, Zach, I recently started listening through your sermon series on the book of Judges. It has been convicting and impactful. You have a gift for putting words together and speaking those words in magnificent ways. Keep up the good work. And I wanted to what? read that part because. He kind of says it in a funny way, so I could read it and we could be like, hey, the words yeah. thing, but also it it um, kind of builds It really me affirms up. you. Yeah. So yeah. I, I actually was just reading somebody's complimentary email to me <laughs> exactly. for every other, everyone else to hear. Um, exactly. And I think that's kind of meta, but at the same time, just really uh, tacky. And so I wanted to do it. it. It is tacky, but yet you're right. It's the It's the thin veneer of humor that keeps it from being like... <laughs> completely over the top and tacky but you know what i I think and and again we have an authentic enough relationship with our with our audience i think we could pull this off where you and i zach being artists we are temperamental um we sometimes get down there have been times when you've been down there have been times when i've been down um i think it would be totally appropriate to read not e- not even funnily, right? Not even in a humorous way, like fawning emails and and letters to one another, just to 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 sort of be uh, brought back up, as it were. Dude, before we read the chapter, which is your chapter, I want you to read it. Um, yeah. 
and and it's a, and it's a good one. We are well into the the real climax of the story. Yeah. Um, I want to do the speed round here with you, my boy Aaron Henley, yeah. Henley or Hanley, um, who who had me Skype into his cigar group, video yeah. Skype in and do a uh, uh, Bible devotional for yeah. the cigar group meeting. It was one of my favorite memories of uh, reader interaction ever. This guy's super awesome. That's he awesome. sent us three possible topics, yeah. and, and this was a while ago too. Um, and, and so I figured I was just going to throw these at you and see if you were high energy enough to yeah. address each of them in, in short order. Yeah, I have no energy, but, uh, but I'll, I'll give it a shot, baby. Now, here's the thing with me when I'm and, – and maybe it's just because it, it's been an enduring thing with you. But when I'm really on an empty stomach and I have an energy drink, yeah. I've got an hour or two – where I metabolize all that stuff and I am just like, like yeah. that's what I do on Sunday mornings. I don't eat anything after about 11 p.m. on Saturday. Okay. Wake up with a grumbly stomach on Sunday, have a five-hour energy and then a, a monster and sometimes a cup of coffee and I am a firebrand in the pulpit. Yeah. Um, but I guess that wouldn't work if you didn't eat anything for like another week or three. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it, it is what it is and I'm a pro and I'm going to perform for these fans. So uh... You do it, man. So you hit me with the with the Henley stuff, and I'll do my best. How about that? Now here, the thing is, I feel like he's too funny, and he's kind of given the punchline, not just the setup. Yeah. So you do what you can with this first one. Ready? Okay. Number one: How love languages have become the Christian virgin virgin. Yeah. <laughs> have become the Christian version of astrological signs. Go. Uh. <laughs> That that's a really dated reference, and <laughs> I so is the next one. I, I I have no interest in it, but 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 I'll say this: I find I I don't know. I find the love language thing uh, it, it's a, it's a reference that I find myself making, but like fewer and fewer people get it. You know what I mean? The the love languages reference. Yeah, I, I feel like that guy's still selling a gazillion books a day with Dude, that franchise. Is. And he was moody, right? That was Gary Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. I probably that, have him to thank for my career, to be honest. So, so I guess the idea here is that like you'd walk up to a girl and instead of saying, "Hey, baby, what's your sign?" you'd be like, "What's your love language?" Your and love see if it's compatible with yours. And she's like, "Gifts of service," and you're like, "Oh, uh, mine's physical touch," you know, because I'm a guy. <laughs> so you know them all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I actually find that, but I, I, our boy Noah Filipiak hates that book because he feels like it's about like I give you this, you give me something back. Yeah. But I actually think that that book. Uh, the original one, not like yeah. you know the nine thousand spinoffs, yeah. was was kind of brilliant, and I use it sometimes counseling because I think people miss each other. And, yeah, and Aaron Hanley did not want us to have like a real conversation about this, but I guess we well, are. You know what we are, and that's that's what we do here in in our radio program. You you can't you can't put us into a box. You know, <laughs> you can't tell us how to interact about a topic. I Zach, I actually totally agree in that I think it it's just another way of understanding people, right? And understanding people is a good thing to do. I feel like your love language has probably shifted to accidental queso now. Yeah, accidental queso is the sixth love language. Yeah, I, I've got half a book proposal written about that. But, uh, but Number two, whatever happened to the underground Christian music scene? In the mid-90s, the Christian punk, ska, and hardcore scene was huge and preaching the gospel with a youthful zealousness. What mm -hmm. happened? I feel like maybe uh, I can address this one a little bit. Yeah, I have no idea because I, I, I knew nothing about that and still don't. So the nineties uh, ended is what happened. And, the, and yeah, the nine the nineties ended like twenty years ago. It sucks. I now, know that sucks. Fourteen fourteen? Am I doing the right math here? Sixteen. Sixteen. Sixteen, right. Yeah, I know you, you go with the six. Um and and you know, I don't know how much gospel was getting preached with the useful youthful zeal uh, yeah. because when I went to a million MXPX, Dave Saker, Value Pack, all these things. Like, I remember MXPX would stop for like 10 seconds in the middle of their set and say, uh, guys, we just want you to know that we're all Christians and we love Jesus and, and we think you should consider, uh, looking into Jesus too. And then they'd start another song. So there was yeah. no zeal of gospel preaching going on. The Supertones, do you remember them? Uh, I, I've heard of the name, yeah. Um, do you like ska? Uh, no, I hate ska because it involves reggae. <laughs> And I hate reggae more but than anything. I, but don't you feel like Scott has a lot of overlap with the kind of like swingers era, like you, new yeah, yeah, yeah. swing? I like the idea of Scott. I like that it happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it happened. I like that it happened, but I don't want to listen to it. I feel like the Supertones, which was the main Christian ska band, uh, really did 
kind of, uh, with their lyrics preach the gospel, I think what happened was Christian music became bifurcated, and you tell me if you see this from from the outside, because I know you're not hugely into Christian music, got bifurcated into full-on worship music that became its own entertainment genre, and then just like bubblegum pop with like the sexy pictures where you're like, how is this even Christian music? Why is this girl in a dress on a bike? What's going on? Um, and, and, you know, so you I have just moan that way about the girl in the dress on the bike. There was some, something else happened in my office. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was moaning about something else. It was, you were, you wanted some more queso. Yeah. I was thinking about queso. <laughs> about queso on a bike. Queso on a bike and a sundress. <laughs> actually, that, that's actually something you're struggling with right now. Every man's battle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three, does church marketing, such as window decals and cool swag, put up walls between churches in the body of Christ? Uh, probably. <laughs> I would say no. When I see somebody with like a Trinity Church bumper sticker, you know what yeah. I do? I wave at them because I'm like, oh, I know that church. That's a good church. You know, like, I don't think I, I'm like, oh, you. You're, you're right? not like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not like gang colors where you like slash the guy's gang tires colors. or <laughs> It'd be funny if it was more like that though. Yeah, I, I go break up the guy's candy store because I he was on my turf yeah. or something. Yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> smash his window with a baseball bat, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna write an article like that stuff. for the Babylon B and then have them never return my call. I can't yeah. give this stuff away, you know? Yeah, dude. Yeah, and that and and that's really the crime in this whole thing, is that that you haven't been published by the Babylon Bee. You know, if, maybe maybe I'll shift my anger from the the other uh, aforementioned, not mentioned uh, corporate entity to uh, the Babylon Bee. Dude, how funny was that article? Uh, Rachel Held Evans has momentary lapse of doubt. Dude, that was great. That was that was classic. <laughs> I wish they weren't putting out such funny stuff because then I could hold on to your words when you were like, ah, they didn't they didn't put your print your stuff because. Uh, you're you're they're not too funny. funny. But, you're too but, funny for them. Yeah, yeah. It's not the case. Yeah. I, I had an idea for mm-hmm. an article and I bounced it off with Trogues of all people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that came out this morning on the Babylon Bee. Are you serious? It was the idea of a pastor who thinks of himself not as a Christian pastor, but as a Christian who happens to be a pastor. Oh, dude, that's so funny. And and I was like, oh, that's going to it's going to be brilliant. And he's like, no, that, that came out like an hour ago. That's <laughs> so funny, like, of course, it. because. That was the that was the line in the '90s about Christian music, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, like, I'm not and, and I hear that musician. now. Even I'm, just a, I'm a Christian who happens to do music. Even like you know? Lecrae, like I'm I'm not a gospel rapper. I'm just you know I have some gospel and I'm a so so yeah. I thought that was uh, bad timing as well. I've, I've given up on all that. Really, I mean, I think that's for some guys who need to get their name out there. And I feel like yeah. my name is out there to the people who I would want it to be out there to. It's already there, so. Yeah, why why write for free? I'm working on. Have I told you this? I'm working on a YA book. No, a young adult book. Um, it, I, I think it's gonna be. I'm gonna have your son read it to tell me if it if it hits the target audience. Okay. Um, it, it's it's uh, about uh, a kid who gets caught up in like this kind of really crazy conspiracy, and uh, and he has a friend who's kind of like weird, and she might even be kind of like touched, uh, and she's she thinks that she needs to be a superhero in this really small town. And it sounds it sounds just bizarre, but I think it's really fresh and really funny and really exciting. Um, and I'm writing that, and I'm hoping to get uh, some cash in exchange for it rather than just a byline. Nice, baby. Do you have a, Do you have a deal for it yet? No, no. I'm gonna, I'm not going to even write the proposal till I'm done with it. Otherwise, I know someone's going to say, "Let's see the full manuscript," and I'm going to be like, yeah. uh, "It's not ready." You know, who wants that? Yeah, I know you're not used to that because in in nonfiction you can write it on spec, but. Yeah. If you're changing publishing houses in the fiction world, I think you've got to have a full manuscript yeah, in for hand. Sure. For sure, for sure. It's what a do tough you think business. about YA, dude? I mean, I know you read uh, The Hunger Games. Dude, I, mean, I love The Hunger Games, man. I absolutely loved it. And uh, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool genre. And it's cool that, like, you can you can write a YA book, but, like, adults will read it. You know what I mean? That was my thought. That's what adults are reading now, That is right? what adults are reading. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Harry Potter and... and uh, uh, Twilight and you know I mean there's probably like ten different you know franchises yeah um so that was that was kind of my thought and I had a great idea and and I had actually originally it was a a regular you know just suspense novel script suspense and several editors were like this is a little out there and I thought yeah. but it wouldn't be for YA for YA so. exactly exactly baby speaking of this did I tell you I'm doing a I'm doing a graphic novel no what 
Yeah, man. I don't know the... you anymore. You're doing a full-length movie. You're doing a graphic novel. You're doing all these things that make you even awesomer. What, what is it about? Well, well, we'll see after they come out, man. Maybe they, maybe they won't make me awesomer. But, uh, yeah, I got approached by this publisher through my agent. It's Harvest House. Oh, and, yeah, that's uh, a big shot. Yeah, and they, they, they wanted to do a, uh, like a graphic novel for like middle school-age kids. and, and Really? They were basically just like, yeah, come up with an idea and we'll – you know, we'll run it up the flagpole, and one thing led to another, and we're going to do one. So, where are they going to sell it? Because I know I, when I was uh, down in Nashville talking to uh, the the head editor at, at Thomas Nelson, mm-hmm. I was she she's like, "You see anything in here you want? Take it." And I'm like, "Oh, I want those Ted Decker graphic novels because I have a couple and I want the rest." Yeah, she said we had a hard time because the secular comic stores won't sell them, and oh. the Christian bookstores don't know what to do with them. So, I mean, sure. what, what's their plan for? Um, you know, how to get it in the hands of the kids. Dude, I actually have no idea. And um, and it, it's not going to be... Okay, so maybe it skews a little younger than, like, middle school because it's, it's, it's just a story, right? There's nothing, like, fantastical about it. Like, nobody has any special powers. There's nobody, like, getting killed or anything. But uh, it's just a story about, like, kids in middle school. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. May, I don't know... Interesting. ...where I was going with that. But uh, other other than to say... Like maybe it wouldn't be so scary for a Christian bookstore, is what I'm saying. What's the? So. Uh, I mean, is it going to be a series or is it going to be a standalone or what? Dude, yeah, I think they want it to be a series. You nice, know, I think they, dude. They'd like for it to be a series, but it depends obviously on how the first one sells and all that. But is uh, this the first fiction apart from Gut Check that you've that you've published? It is apart from Gut Check. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, so, Ted. That's yeah, fun, man. We'll see what happens. So, um, you know, just another another uh, another road on the journey, man. But. Uh, but we'll definitely see what happens. It'll be fun. Well, speaking of brilliant fiction written by uh, you and I, let's oh, uh, let's segue yeah. over here to this beautiful baby end times thriller. That's right. By the uh-huh. way, I think you and I have both kind of fizzled out for the moment uh, on the sequel writing. We need to get back into that. We have, man. Life has gotten in the way. But, uh, but there will be a time, there will be an afternoon here where I'm tired of my other work and uh, it'll be, it'll be time to, to pick that up again. So, I have no doubt. So this is uh, this is chapter twenty six. Uh, we are in the midst of Gut Check Literacy Month, which has been going on for the better part of a year now. <laughs> and uh, it's going to get done just in time for the next Gut Check Literacy Month, I predict. Yeah, yeah. We call that. Uh, some people refer to the fiscal year. We we talk about the literary year, <laughs> and our literary year will start whenever we get done with this novel. So. Um, this is chapter 26. It's called I Believe I Can Touch the Sky. You want me to take this whole thing or you want to break it up with uh, section breaks or what? I, I want in on this a little bit. This is some of my favorite stuff, too. And, and I know I keep saying that, but that's because the last like third of this book is so insanely funny. Yeah. And what yeah. I love about it is half the time I'm like, I don't know who wrote this. Like we started to meld together, the three I don't of us. Know either. And I'm, Aaron. I'm looking at this right here and I don't know who wrote it, to be honest. I, I think I, that it, some of the sections I wrote and some you did and, yeah. and we kind of pieced it together. I think you wrote the first section, so why don't you take the first section and... Uh, actually, no, because I use my friend Regner's name in here. There you go. Okay. So I'll take it. I'll take the first section, then you can take uh, after the section break. All righty. Okay, it's chapter 26, I Believe I Can Touch the Sky. Because Tim Van Shrimpy leaves nothing to chance, he has planned for this contingency. Yeah, after I'm sorry reading... to interrupt, but what is the contingency? I don't remember. I don't either. Oh, oh, uh, it was, I got it. It's the fact that the uh, he pulled out the cartridge and blew on it, but it didn't yeah. fix. He can't control his quarterback anymore. Yeah, exactly. Okay, go exactly. ahead. Sorry. 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 Um, okay, because Tim Van Shrimpy leaves nothing to chance, he has planned for this contingency. After learning that Chris Regner, CBS's director of game day productions, incidentally, Chris Regner is producing my actual movie. <laughs> that's um, great. <laughs> yeah, so this that's, is how his career got started, right? Yeah, you, he's you a put TV his name and film industry veteran, good friend of mine, great dude. Uh, is a huge fan of Van Shrimpy's eschatological cable television programming. He enlisted Regner's help and gained access to an elaborate system of catwalks <laughs> ringing the, the stadium's rim. The, cat, the catwalks lead to an even more elaborate system of cables from which dangle the overhead cameras that give fans the kind of HD viewing experiences that make them feel like they're quote-unquote in the game. <laughs> Before dousing the control room in gasoline and lighting a match, a single tear escapes Van Shrimpy's right eye and trickles down his callow, papery cheek. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. James Wiles, after reading every word of Morrison's exposition on Proust, Proust? Proust. Proust. 
uh, walks slowly to his protege and embraces him right there on the sideline, right in front of Values All-Pro defensive lineman Gerard G-Dog Wilson, who says simply, gay. <laughs> Morrison wonders whether he means the paper, the embrace, or Proust himself. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Duke, Wiles says. The fact of the matter is that despite writing and submitting papers his entire career, Wiles has never been published in a peer-reviewed journal. He's only kept his academic appointment because his parents are rich and write big checks to the school. Morrison has done something he never could. This is weird, says Morrison. Normally nobody reads these papers. Also, we got to get out of here now. <laughs> he puts a meaty forearm around Wiles and tosses his headset to an assistant coach before fleeing down the tunnel, Wiles' coat <laughs> whipping in the ever-increasing wind. A bolt of lightning cracks just outside the stadium, and for a moment, everything goes black. What the blank is going on, man? The voice belongs to Values wide receiver Seth Runyon. Strongbow knows exactly what's going on. The rapture is what's going on. <laughs> he thinks of Van Shrimpy and wonders where his friend is. Strongbow needs to wonder no longer as he can faintly see the lapels of Van Shrimpy's suit jacket <laughs> flapping in the wind as Van Shrimpy appears to be flying down toward him with a strange look of fear and adrenaline in his eyes. It's so dark. It's dark, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> in one smooth motion, Van Shrimpy slips a carabiner through a loop in Strongbow's shoulder pads. Soon, Strongbow too is aloft, and seeing his teammates get smaller and smaller as he floats upward toward the rim of the dark stadium. This is exactly how he imagined it: the rapture feeling. <laughs> you can see Van Shrimpy's lips moving, but he can't hear what he's saying. What he shouts. Nice throw on the fade pattern in the first quarter, Van Shrimpy shouts over the wind. From his vantage point on the zip line, Strongbow can see Van Shrimpy's dress shirt is unbuttoned a little to reveal an officially licensed Ted Strongbow jersey. Weird. <laughs> when Kit Russell reads Morrison's white paper, she is filled with rage, feeling that somebody as athletically gifted as the coach shouldn't be able to write that well. It's cosmically unfair, she says out loud. Alex Roth thinks she's talking about the fact that they're not yet together, and for a moment, he's buoyant. Who does... Question, is, is this a reference to yourself? Being athletically gifted and also able to write really well and making everybody angry, or... No, I'm not that athletically gifted. Morrison's <laughs> a way better player than I was. Okay. Uh, who does Duke Morrison think he is, she rasps, as the two of them run through the concourse, looking for someone, anyone, who can help. As she turns the corner, she slams into a gigantic slab of human flesh, belonging to none other than one Duke Morrison. As she falls, diagrams of the stadium and eschatological charts come <laughs> flying out of her shoulder bag. <laughs> Duke Morrison is the guy helping you off a concrete floor, ma'am, he says. She thinks it's funny how old-fashioned and southern-sounding all football types are. <laughs> he extends his hand. Duke Morrison, former Denver Values head coach and the world's foremost authority on Marcel Proust. Oh, so he's actually uh, kind of given up that life at this point, huh? He's given up, man. He sees the writing on the wall. As we'll it see what kind of writing he, he sees uh, next in the, in the sequel as well. Exactly. Is... He helps her up and brushes a piece of hair off her sweaty forehead. She smiles and actually bats her eyelashes at the florid coach, though immediately feels sheepish for doing so. Alex Roth shrinks discernibly. He feels as though his already <laughs> he feels as though his already concave chest has disappeared completely. His eyes drift away from Duke and Kate, falling on James Wiles. Doctor Wiles, what's happening? He says to his professor. The end of the, the world end of is what's happening. No, you don't get to do his voice. <laughs> the end of the world is what's happening, he replies, not the least bit ironically. Given the exploding head, the Proust paper, Strongbow's outrageous first half, the power outage, and her strange attraction to Duke Morrison, Kate Russell thinks that nearly anything is plausible at this point. Morrison gently grabs her hand. We gotta get to my office, he says. We're all in this together now. She takes note of the fact that he's the only one in the group who's not completely freaked out, and then she sighs and rests her head on his strong upper arm. When the stadium lights buzz back to life, the 75,000 fans and attendants are greeted by the sight of Ted Strongbow and a strange older man appearing to fly unassisted through the air. 
Van Shrimpy, again, thinking of everything, <laughs> has programmed the stadium PA system to play I Believe I Can Fly at the push of a remote control button. On the Jumbotron, the Proust paper is replaced with imagery from some of Van Shrimpy's favorite in times films. Unmanned planes flying into mountains, piles of folded clothing with glasses on top, and inexplicably coffee pots boiling over. It's all happening. Yes. Some fans cheer wildly for the flying strongbow. Others are crying. Other evangelicals, mostly in the large families and homeschool section in the south end zone, begin climbing over the mezzanine railings, <laughs> sure that they'll be whisked into the air right along with their messianic quarterback. That is dark. <laughs> That's very dark. Strongbow lifts his hands exultantly and lets out a loud, indiscernible yell. <laughs> do, do it the feels yell. good to be the messiah. Just as a woman in a khaki jumper climbs over the rail with her 11 children following closely behind, a recognizable voice booms over the PA system. She hangs there, literally dangling, on his every word. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, shouts Duke Morrison, please remain calm. Please stay in your seats. Every eye in the stadium press box is glued to Duke Morrison and his strange entourage. Lightning continues to crash all around, and the fans at this point are buzzing in a state of near panic. Especially you there in the khaki smock with all the kids. The woman scrambles back over the railing just seconds before plunging to her death. There's a little continuity issue here in that they're kind of in the bowels of the stadium rushing to his office, but also somewhere visible to the fans. Yeah, he stops in the press box. Oh, okay, okay. Well done, well done. Yeah, well Tim Van Shrimpy's rapture calculations indicate that if he scales to the highest point in the greater Denver area, New Jerusalem, he will be the first to be raptured. He and Strongbow have been wired up to the top of a Dynex Lifeway Stadium light stanchion, the highest point he can think of in the greater Denver area. Van Shrimpy spreads his arms expectantly while looking at Strongbow, whose legs are shaking. <laughs> Why aren't we still flying? Strongbow asks. Why aren't you saying something more messianic? <laughs> Shrimpy asks in response. Strongbow, stim Strongbow simply stares at him blankly, waiting for something amazing to happen. <laughs> no, he's that was a fun one. Man, I love our book. The carabiner and the the, the bells. Oh I know. Gosh. I love oh, it. I think that was all you, actually. I don't think I wrote any of that. Oh, that's fun, man. The whole the whole thing is a blast, baby. It just gives me good feelings to know that at some point in my life, back when I was eating real food, I was capable of, <laughs> of output like that, you know? Someday, man. Someday. You'll get some protein. You'll get a little fat in your system, and uh, you'll start churning out the queso. words. <laughs> I will. I will. There, there's better days ahead, baby. Well, my friend, this has been... Uh, this has been one for the ages. This has been a classic episode. Uh, We're calling of the it now. Classic. We're calling it now. It's a classic. It's an instant classic. Um, sure to be enjoyed for the ages. Um, enjoy it with your friends. Enjoy it with your family. Play it for your kids. <laughs> we will see you next time. Yeah, I love the intro. Yeah, I love the intro. Yeah, I love the intro.